good, all that is sacred, and in the warm and loving energy of this community, Spiritual Life Center. If you're joining us for the first time, we especially want to welcome you because we know that you are not here by accident. You're here by divine appointment. Thank you for joining us on your unique path today, and we hope you enjoy this special message from this past Sunday's service. Eternity is written on my heart. Okay, we're done. <laughs> you know, Father's Day, happy Father's Day. Father's Day is like Mother's Day in that it comes as a mixed bag. There's a whole spectrum of father energies in our world. And we have a whole spectrum of experiences from loving fathers to those who are, or are negligent or worse to the absent father. It's all there, every bit of it. So when we have a celebration such as today, we're sometimes challenged to do our own work. You know, this becomes a day then to consider and acknowledge the spiritual nature of Father. You know, but even that can become fraught because there's so much religion in this world that saddled us with the idea of a male God that rules over us and judges us. And that makes me sad. Because as you know, in New Thought, we don't subscribe to that version of God. Charles Fillmore, in the Metaphysical Bible Dictionary, explains the father idea as principle. And it says, father principle is an exact and immutable principle of being lying back of all existence as cause, omnipresent and not subject to change or open to argument. So when, the, when we pair that with the Divine Mother, which is explained in the Metaphysical Bible Dictionary as the nourishing element of divine mind or God in spiritual ideas and they're brought to fruition, then we have that pairing. The masculine or father aspect is the creative force that simply is. It is action. And then the feminine or mother aspect is the nurturing force, it is passive. And these two principles working together to manifest our, in our material, well, they manifest our material world. This is the creator's song, symphony from our song. You know, we are each the product of that union, just as we are a product of our parents' union. And from that physical union, we come into this world with a lot of stuff already built in. Our physical traits, hair and eye color, body type, our personality traits, tendencies, they're all inherited. And yet we're not exact copies either. My dad had blue eyes, none of us got those. I really wanted his blue eyes. We got hazel eyes from our mom's side. My eyes are a very different shape for anybody else in my family. Apparently one of my grandmothers slipped in and did that. You know, who do I look like? I don't know. 
My mother's family thinks I look exactly like them, like her. But there was this time, I think I was in junior high, and I went downtown, and I was standing outside my father's store, and there were these two Mexican gentlemen that my father had gone to high school, or you know, gone through school with, and I, they, we, I, I taught, said hello to them, and we greeted, and then I stood there as they got into this heated argument over, who I lo- who, over if I looked more like my mother or my father. I'm like, okay, I didn't know this was that important. <laughs> So, you know, I mean, obviously, I'm a a mixture. And I am fortunate. I had a good dad. I only had him for 21 years and three days. And for much of that time, we were preoccupied with his heart condition. But he was such a kind and funny guy. And my sense of humor comes from him. His silliness and his love for the uh, wordplay, that comes from him. He was compassionate and patient, and I think... I probably have had to work on that part a little bit. I don't think it came as naturally to me as it did to him. But I know he was a good role model. And what I did not inherit from either parent, or what I did not inherit from either parent, was their health problems. They both had quite quite a lot of them, and I have been very healthy in my lifetime. So what we inherit and what we accept are really interesting things, you know? And while we're conscious of much of what we have inherited from our parents, there's a great deal more that we cannot ever see that's beyond the fact, you know, it just just is, it's there. And there's so much of it that we don't even know about. So in thinking about this, and of course, some of you know what happens when I start thinking a lot. So I, I, I started to, you know, think about all of the information that gets downloaded via our DNA. And it completely amazed me to think about that one cell, one, that can turn into all of this, all of you, all of me, one cell. How does one cell know to start dividing? And then, since they're identical at the start, how do they know to become a leg or an eye or a heart or hair? Now, the scientific-minded among you may have a good explanation for this, but really, if you just think about it, how mind-blowing it is, is it? That all of this can come from that tiny, tiny beginning. And it's not just us. Everything that reproduces does this. You know, we have the oak from the, the, the huge oak from the little acorn, flowers from tiny seeds. Have you seen some of those, those seeds for flowers? They're so small, you can barely see them. Like, how am I planting this invisible thing? And then whammo, you've got this beautiful flowering plant. And then it gets even more fascinating. Everything in this world comes from the same place, the same energy. Now, I started learning about how we are one and there's no separation a very long time ago, in the mid-1970s. I think it was just after the dinosaurs disappeared. Yet, it was only about nine years ago that I got it. I was, stand, I was in the prayer chapel and I was rearranging chairs. Some of your best spiritual moments are when you're doing something mundane, right? I was rearranging chairs and I had my hand on the chair and it absolutely struck me that that chair was made out of exactly the same thing that I was made out of. That there was only one energy, one source. We were made out of the same substance. How? The answer is simple, atoms. 
Matter, now I looked this up just to make sure I got this right. Matter is made up of atoms, which are extremely small and indivisible, and indivisible, indivisible particles that cannot be generated or destroyed. An element's atoms are identical in every way, mass, size, density, and chemical characteristics, yet they differ from other elements. What's more, there's more, <clears throat> there are only three types of particles, protons, neutrons, and electrons. All of them are made of the same substance, and everything, all matter, is made out of this limited number of invisible, indivisible, indestructible particles. It's just about how the atoms arrange themselves. That's it. So I stand here as a set of Deborah arranged atoms, all collected from the same source as your Anne, uh, Set, and, and Wanda, and Bill. We're exactly the same and very different. So we were discussing a version of this in my Thursday group a few weeks ago, and we've been talking about the 12 powers. The conversation was around how important it is for us to understand that these faculties have a, a grounding place in our bodies, and you know, they're in different places in the body, and that each power or faculty is inherent. Now, this is important because there's often a tendency for those doing spiritual practice to want to bypass the body and go straight to nirvana. It's like, okay, I'm going to be over here and I'm going to be spiritual. Hey, body, take care of yourself. But the most beneficial path, the highest spiritual path, is to become integrated and accept body, mind, and emotion along with the, the, what we call, what is the more spiritual kind of uh, thinking because they're all vital aspects of the whole. So having a physical place to focus on when you're calling on your will or your strength helps ground you in that faculty and then you can use it because you relate to it. And, you know, this sounds really good, but being able to wrap your brain around the idea that there are these tiny particles that we, we can't see made from other stuff that we can't see that's, that gets a bit challenging. How do, we, how do we do that? So as we were talking about that in the group, a picture just could have blasted into my brain, and it came to me that there's probably hundreds and hundreds of recipes for making bread. Stay with me. <laughs> no, simple bread made from flour and water and, and, and leavening. You can get bread out of that. You can add just one ingredient, like butter, and you get a completely different texture. Add an egg, changes again. Add less water and you have pie crust. Add more and you have bread or muffins. But you can make a good bread with flour, water, and a little salt, and you might not even need leavening. Or flour and water. I mean, you get my drift. So the number of different recipes that you can make with just a few ingredients and the way of changing just one element can have a huge impact on the final product, and that is just fascinating. Now, I use an example of, as, of bread because I'm a baker. And also, ba bread is a basic food for much of the world. But those of you who are really into cooking, and I'm glad some of you are, <laughs> You know that oh, just barely over-salting can have a huge impact on, on what you 
have been cooking. Or you might have that one little tiny secret ingredient that you won't tell anybody about, but it makes all the difference. Just one little thing. So if we extrapolate and see our bodies and lives as coming from a recipe of limited ingredients, we might come closer to comprehending that we all come from the one same source. Remembering that everything comes from substance and forms itself into matter, well, that takes a bit. It's kind of like holding water in your hands. You know, you're holding it there and then it's running through your fingers and it's like, oops, it all leaked out. But you had the experience and you know what it feels like and in that moment it was real. So you have a frame of reference for it. Well, what does this all have to do with our divine inheritance? Well, of course, you know, we know that we inherit from, on the material plane and we see the proof in ourselves and each other. I look like my mom or my dad. We have, you have the same color and hair as maybe your grandfather's. And we know that comes from inside because we know about reproduction and DNA and atoms. We also inherit material stuff like porcelain spotted elements, elephants and monogrammed bowling shirts from 1950. But that kind of inheritance comes from the outside world, comes from outside of us. And you know, we spend a lot of time in this teaching learning to really grasp who we are. In fact, that is our whole teaching. We are spiritual beings in a, in a physical, in a material experience. New thought is well over a hundred years old and the teaching is not new. You can go clear back to Socrates and people before him. It's just that teachers find new ways of talking about the divinity within. It changes with each generation, with the way we use language, with you know, what is expected of the world. And of course, now we have the physicists coming along and proving everything we've been saying. I was really excited about that in the 70s when that started happening, because they really started talking about it. Because as the consciousness of the world expands, we find different ways to talk about who we are. We find different ways to talk about what the world is. But the message is the same. There is a great power within us. And the irony is that we go looking outside ourselves for that answer. I catch myself doing it, and I'm just learning to just sort of laugh at myself now and go, okay, get it together. What is our divine inheritance then? Our divine inheritance is atoms, are exact, exactly the same and unique atoms. The stuff we are made from is what the metaphysicians call substance. Substance is extremely small and indivisible, indivisible particles that cannot be generated or destroyed. Substance is the father principle, exact and immutable, lying back of all existence as cause, omnipresent and not subject to change or open to argument. We are substance. We are. And the truth of you, each of you, is that though there will come a time when the atoms that make up your body will rearrange themselves, you will continue because substance cannot be destroyed. Simply by being, we have inherited all that source has to offer because source or substance is what makes us 
in the first place. It's already here. We don't need to add any ingredients. In fact, we would probably do well to start removing some ingredients like anger, resentment, fear, control. All the stuff that we throw into the recipe because we couldn't grasp that our simple recipe was sufficient. Our true selves, by divine inheritance, are pure. We have innate knowledge. We have access to the whole of creation if we can just learn how. When I think of myself as being atoms arranged by consciousness, I actually relax. Because while I know that there are many material things I cannot change on my own, I know that I can rearrange myself. You know, and that pure energy makes up the atoms, the pure energy that makes up the atoms that make me are my world at my behest if I can rise my consciousness enough. We don't have to become holy. We already are. We don't have to become spiritual. We already are. We don't have to bring in Holy Spirit. She is already here. We only have to realize that just like our physical DNA, we come fully loaded with the code for being the highest and best people we can. We come preloaded with love, compassion, humor, and joy, especially joy and humor. Our job is to become more aware of what we are made of because what we are made of is who we are. Let's just take a moment, close your eyes, take a breath, and in your mind's eye, however you imagine, imagine that your body is a set of atoms active, vibrant atoms. And now imagine those atoms bursting with joy. Imagine the atoms of you laughing. And feel the purity of this moment. And now take another breath and bring yourselves back. But you can keep this image with you that you are a bundle of atoms. We inherit the divine because we are made of divine substance. There is no other alternative. We can't not take it on. We can cover it up, we can ignore it. But underlying our very being is the fact that divine made us. Not in its image, but with itself. The fact that the, the divine made us. Not in its image, but with itself. We are it. It is us. And there is nothing else. And so it is. Thank you.
We are grateful for the opportunity to share with you today and hope you've taken something from this Sunday's message. If you'd like to hear more from Spiritual Life Center, be sure to click subscribe on the podcast platform you're listening from. You can find out more about our community on our website at www.slcworld.org. We look forward to being a part of your continued spiritual journey. Wherever you are, God is, and all is well. Spiritual Life Center Oh